welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Bob Hassan with my friend, Sean Bowles. Sean, how are you today? I'm so good. And I'm excited about our show today. Who do we have on today? We have Kimberly Ganell. And I don't know that a lot of our audience has heard of her, but her and her husband, Randy, lead Alabaster House. It's serving government leaders and their spouses in Capitol Hill. And she's been on staff doing this since 1998, but founded Alabaster House in 2014. And she was hired by a prominent evangelical leader as a ministry liaison between Capitol Hill and his kind of ministry and outreach and held that position for several years. But since then, Kimberly has continued to outreach and ministry to government leaders and their family, primarily in Washington, D.C., and continues to foster relationships between elected officials and spiritual leaders. And she holds a Bachelor of Science and a Doctorate of Practical Ministry. Wow. Through Alabaster House, she leads devotionals, chapel times for members of Congress, Congress, congressional spouses, host retreats and other ministry gatherings, often with husbands or sorry, let me say again host retreats and other ministry gatherings often with her husband and Alabaster House co-founder Randy Ganell and provides prayer appointments for governmental leaders and their families. They also host events and they have an event coming up as well, which we'll talk to her about. It's coming up right here in April. I think what she's doing is so one of a kind right now to have, she told me she has up to 400 appointments a year that are by appointment plus a lot of divine appointments where people, even during COVID, she was doing this where congressmen, senators, their wives or their husbands we're coming to meet with her or sometimes her and her husband or her and her team or different team members for prayer and not only prayer, but for prophetic direction. So I think this is really phenomenal to be talking about this today. I think it's going to be amazing. And uh, I think we're going to have our hands full too. I do. I, I do too. She's a very she powerful really, woman. She sounds really smart, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I've talked to her many times and she's smarter than I am. Yeah. Well, before we get there, we have a question from a listener or reviewer just like you. And this question comes into our email box. And the question was, how important is it to pay attention to dreams you're having? And do dreams play into your own businesses? And do other business leaders have dreams that they're following that are from God? And I think this is a great question. I do too. And uh, I'll tell you, I come from not necessarily so much dreaming, but planning and goal setting. Mm -hmm. And so some people could say that, you know, setting goals are, are dreams. Uh, I have a little bit different language than you do. And I'm excited to hear what you would have to say. But I know for me, who are, I'm practical, and I, I, I like to set goals, and I like to strategic plan. And I, I view that in my life and a lot of other people that I know's lives as, as, uh, as dreaming. But Sean, you're the expert on this, so why don't you tell us? <laughs> I'm not the expert. I love your wife is like the the chief of what basically like a spiritual-led vision boarding where you dream with God about your life. So it's funny that you're saying like, I'm not the expert on this. Well, you're married to the expert on this. I mean, I think <laughs> I think it's so important. We hear a lot of our other audience in, oh, sorry. We hear a lot of our other you know guests that we have talk about how they mm-hmm. dreamed with God yeah. and they dreamed in their future. And I, I, I've done that. And I know you've actually done that as well. Where it's like we're looking at our life, we're looking at our opportunity, and we're asking God, what do you want us to do? And not mm-hmm. not to take us radically off course. A lot of times we think if we ask that question, he's going to send us to Africa or do something we don't want to do, which I would love to go to Africa, but a lot of people wouldn't who are listening or watching this. But the reality is God has dreams before the foundation of the earth. Ephesians 2, 10, 11, 
dreams and destiny for you that he planned mm-hmm. before time began. So I think it's awesome to think about that with God and to pray yeah. about that with God and say, what was in your heart, Father, before time began for my life? And how can I dream with you over that? And I think that can be a prophetic experience. Yeah. It could be an imaginative experience in a healthy way. It could be like what Lauren does with kind of spirit mapping, she calls it, or it's basically spiritual dream boarding or vision boarding. Mm-hmm. I think doing this really helps us to go beyond what we would limit ourselves in or just look at based on opportunity. You know, it's so funny. She sometimes will, you know how wives can get you to do about anything. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, you know so I do. One time we went to, on an exotic vacation on one of those, on one of those uh, islands that had the hut over the water. Right. I love and that. he said, Hey, we're going to spirit board. And I said, what are we going to do? I wasn't <laughs> thinking about that. And so she gave, she came with all this stuff. She gave me a pad and I said, okay. So I bought into it, but mine, I had black and red and they were boxes. It looked like an org chart and everything. Was <laughs> she had like 17 pages, pieces of paper. It looked like a tree. Oh. And I just looked at her and I thought, I'm so glad I don't think like her. <laughs> but you're so glad she thinks like she her. She doesn't, doesn't think like me. Yeah, exactly. Because she's led you into some of the greatest opportunities of your life. She sure it's has. like my wife has done for me. But yeah. I think that's the beauty of dreaming with God. And so I love that. I love that you're at least influenced by somebody who mm-hmm. this isn't their wheelhouse. And I think maybe you're listening or watching. It's time to dream with God. I love this theme. And today we have someone who's really dreamed with God over the political sphere. And I think hearing her story right now, where politics are so volatile and So many people are just like, we need to drain the swamp, not recognizing or honoring that there is people right now at Capitol Hill who are sent on assignment by God and they need our prayers, they need our support. So we're going to be talking to somebody who God sent there and hear her story. Yep. Up next, Kimberly Ganow. My new book is called Encounter, a spiritual perspective that will shape your faith for the coming move of God. And this book is going to help you to understand the days we're living in right now and have an urgency to meet with Jesus the way that I did through some of these encounters that are going to form your faith. So you can get this book. So make sure to go to bullsministries.com encounter a spiritual perspective that will shape your faith for the coming move of God. Oh, I'm so excited, Kimberly, that you are on today with us. And I love what you do. And we get to hear the story behind what you do. I mean, going up into Capitol Hill and having all these sovereign prayer appointments. Sometimes it's because you're being asked. Sometimes it's a divine appointment where God leads your, you and your team. And then all these events you've hosted, including the upcoming one, the gala and the Shake the Nations conference that's coming up here in April, which is so phenomenal that you're bringing together people from the Democrat side, from the Republican side, people, business leaders. And you guys are doing something that I don't think is done very often, if, if ever, in my, in my watch. So as I've been in ministry, I've never seen this happen before. So it's super unique that the average person who's watching or listening could actually go to and be involved with and rub shoulders with people and hear things about what God's doing in politics, in business, on a national platform. And it's such a good role model for other people as well. So, okay, we got to get into your story because this is incredible, like what you're already doing. But where did this start for you? Where did it start that you decided to go after politics and politicians and help them? Sean, that's a great question. And thank you so much for having me on. And um, Bob, I just appreciate you both so very much. But if you want to know the real essence of that, I think as a child, everything goes back to some of your learned experiences. And I just had the privilege of growing up in a family, uh, really of strong leaders. 
and both mm-hmm. my mom and my dad, and my dad was very involved uh, in, in politics as well. And so as a young child, we would, uh, he would take my sister and myself to those special take your daughter to work dates, right? Yeah. Wow. So I'd often find myself in DC. And then uh, I want to say initially, uh, I think your birth, birthright, um, you know, you see all that uh, in the biblical times, uh, how that plays into so many things, but I was actually born in Washington, DC. And so I oh, wow. definitely feel a sense of, um, you know, connection with the leaders in government there. Uh, my dad was a former professional football player. So he was uh, actually with the San Francisco 49ers. And mm-hmm. then he was traded to the Washington Redskins back in the old days when he would play in the RFK stadium. And so that's really how my sister and I were both born uh, in Washington. And so really to answer your wow. question, how did this all begin and how did this get started? I think you have some roots there. Um, again, uh, family and, and, and being around leaders, you know, um, so often that I was really first uh, introduced uh, by uh, Dr. D. James Kennedy and his ministry out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, back in the late 1990s. And so I was once served as one of the first Capitol Hill liaisons um, which I like to say is a fancy word for missionary <laughs> to Capitol Hill. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we worked anywhere from the member of Congress, the congressional spouse, and even to the intern and, and everyone in between. And so I think many people, you know, you find that, um, I want to say that that paradigm, if you will, when, when you feel like you're really walking in the call of God and, and why he's made you, what your destiny is. And uh, that happened early on for me because wow. we were just absolutely loving. Like every day we would come in, you know, I, I, I would set kind of a briefcase down in the morning at the office and then spend all my time on Capitol Hill, um, you know, with with all kinds of various people, all different backgrounds and just sharing really the love of God with them in so many different settings. And so uh, that's really how we got uh, started in this mission field. And then later having my two girls and, um, of course, my husband and I then founded Alabaster House um, in 2014. But what you're seeing is about uh, over two decades of just serving in this mission field. So it must be interesting. I mean, we're in a political climate right now that that is that is interesting. But to you, <laughs> the least. To you, you found that people... That, that politicians are human beings that have hearts that beat and need a uh, spiritual connection. Yeah. And how easy was that for you in the early days and I, uh, and transitioning now into the alabaster house? Sure. I, I think what people often forget because, um, politics to some is almost, um, a bit of a game in the sense that it, it's easy Uh, We come from a sports family, so I'm just going to, you know, kind of equate a lot of things in this form of an analogy. But to take the other team down, you know, if you think of fans and cheering and rooting and, you know, booing and and whatever, you're engaged in this. And I want to say a lot of people have equated uh, politics to the American football game. And what Mm -hmm. they fail to realize is that these are people that have families, children, real life struggles, concerns. And it's not really about taking the opponent down, uh, but just to be reminded about Romans 13, that it's God really that put those leaders in office. Mm -hmm. And I also want to say sometimes when we don't have, let's say, the elected official that you didn't vote for, but is in office, there's such a principle of honor. Um, It doesn't mean we have to agree with those uh, policies or what's being 
um, perhaps presented uh, in a government arena, but what we can't fail to do is to operate in the principle of honor. So and um, that really is what I think God can use to cultivate some of those relationships to help foster, um, I want to say, drawing people to himself and also just an opportunity to grow wherever they are uh, on their journey of faith. And you'll find many uh, politicians do have a background of faith, whether it's as a child, and that sometimes they just need to be reminded of and to really re-engage in that again. So well, I think of, no, and I think of what you're saying. I think so many of us have been told, even by um, just the last few presidencies, that you know we got to drain the swamp, or that everyone is evil who's not a part of my party. They're all the enemy, like you're saying. So it's really interesting because you guys have appointments with Democrats, with Republicans, with Independents, and you've been through three of the weirdest, more than three, but three of the weirdest presidencies, which would be Obama, then Trump, then Biden. These have been like not normal because there's so much of the competition between parties and there's so much judgment and just slander and outright hatred, even amongst Christians. And so many Christians we had talked the other day and you said like so many Christians don't uh, engage it because they see it as evil, like the whole, maybe the whole thing is evil. And so like, how did you reconcile the fact that the unpopular or the popular pit of the church, which you're kind of not involved with? is that politics are evil and it's a game. And how did you reconcile that with, I'm gonna go meet with somebody who's different than me and who doesn't believe like me, but I know that it's a God appointment or a divine assignment. And then maybe take us on one of those appointments. Like, tell us about one of them. Sure. Well, I, I think so many of the, the structures have changed over the years of um, what you can and can't do, how you can interact and uh, places you can go. And, but many years ago, when we first were up there, you know, I'd be riding the underground subway. And that underground subway will take you to the U.S. Capitol um, for votes. And so when they call votes, you know, it's a timed, um, it's, it's, they have so many minutes in order to cast their votes. So, right, a lot of the members will get on those underground subways and they'll travel um, to the Capitol, hop on the elevator, then get off to uh, the floor to cast their votes. And so uh, one particular instance, I was riding on the um, underground uh, tram there and I came across someone who... Um, I would say would would probably represent somebody that would be anti-biblical um, in, in many ways, right? And I, I struck up a conversation with him and we were walking along and it was just so great because um, he said back to me, he said, so do you think just in this small moment of us talking that I'm going to become a Christian and I'm going to, you know, kind of change my ways? And I said, well, you know, anything's possible. <laughs> <With God. laughs> it was kind of this um, idea that you're... Um, you know, no one is outside of the love of God, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and and it's just simply the opportunity that all, that was really what Jesus's heart was, right? That he would offer salvation to all. And so I think our role is to see that and to, of course, extend that, whether that's an invitation, you know, to connect over coffee, whether it's, hey, we'd love to pray for you, um, you know, those type of things. It's, we certainly don't want to exclude anyone um, just by, you know, what you would see on the surface, if you will. Absolutely. Well, I think if it tell, tell us another story before we go into more questions. Tell us another story of like one of the moments that said that it was like, this is worth it. Like, thank you, God, for sending right. me here. Thank you for, yeah. you know, this is worth it. Yeah. I mean, there's so many of those. This is worth it. Um, I mean, you don't often get to hear some of the incredible transformation stories of people's lives. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, we host different retreats. Um, here at our home, we're about 45 minutes from the U.S. Capitol. 
Uh, we're surrounded by 165 acres of non-developed land. So there's a great opportunity for them to just come away, even if it's just for the day. And so we'll do a lot of that. And uh, one of my uh, favorite gals that I really built a relationship with just over many years, um, the congressional spouses had said, you know, she's not safe, right? I was like, it's okay. <laughs> you know, God's going to meet her wherever she is on her journey of faith. And we're just going to include her like we would everyone else, you know? And so we had an opportunity to pray for her and then um, connect with her again over multiple um, whether it's coffees, breakfast, you know, uh, prayer times in the chapel, et cetera, just including her in these. And after, you know, you could just see God drawing her heart to a deeper relationship. Now she had a uh, religious background, but I would say she just didn't have the opportunity for someone to share with her about how she can personally know, right? Jesus yeah. Christ as her Lord and Savior. And so it was just amazing. I mean, I, I, I had the privilege of sharing that with her one day and just said, you know, I really feel like um, God's drawing you into that personal relationship with himself. Is that something um, that you would like to do? And, um, you know, it's really sometimes it's just being presented with the opportunity in a way that people can understand it. But uh, it was just very clear that the love of God was drawing her heart. And so she said, yes, I want to do this. And, and we did have the opportunity just to pray uh, prayer of salvation, you know, just a few awesome. blocks even from the U.S. Capitol. So, so awesome. um, those are exciting stories. You know, her husband was a sitting member of Congress. And so you look at that and you go, how does that make a difference? And why are you doing what you're doing? I think we really have to remember that if we influence one leader, that one leader can impact millions of people. Mm -hmm. And those leaders uh, actually govern over our you know, uh, whether it's cities, um, you know, the states, uh, they affect each one of our lives in a personal way. So it's so important for them to be, I want to say, close to God. Um, if they are a believer, you know, we want to help them, uh, encourage them to stand uh, in their faith and make the decisions that they do have to make, which are often difficult and very heavy uh, mm -hmm. through a lens of prayer. And so seeking God's guidance for that. So uh, I would say, just again, influencing one leader, it, it just has the capacity to affect millions of people. So Kimberly, we've gone through this, this political upheaval. Are you hopeful for America? What do you see? Uh, you're close, you're on the ground. What do you see in the future? You know, it's so great, um, you know, that you're asking that question too, Bob, because I feel like uh, the Shape the Nations conference is yeah. really about that very thing, is bringing hope to America. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be hosting that April uh, 25, 26, and 27. And uh, again, we want to get these stories out there that God is alive and well, and that he's working in the lives of our um, leaders as well as our nation. And I think that's a story that many people haven't heard yeah. Uh, the genuine hearts of these phenomenal leaders that are up there. Yeah. Granted, so no true. one is perfect, and that's not what we're after, but what we're after are conveying the heart that you do have godly leaders there. And there is a narrative, as Sean was talking earlier, that mm. you know, if we believe that our government is nothing but an evil, corrupt place, generations beyond us will mm. never send their son or daughter uh, to influence that sphere, to run for public office and to make a difference. And so the um, Shape the Nations conference is going to be critical to allowing people to hear those key testimonies, because we know that shaping that narrative is so vital for hope for America. Well, I was, I was shocked by some of the Congress people you have there and also Senator Manchin, who is a Democrat, who's been a really interesting figure right now in the news media. 
And he's one of the speakers too at the event, alongside people who move in healing ministry, people who move in the prophetic ministry. It's a very unique opportunity for people because there's there's things that have are going together in this conference that may not have fit together visibly in other events that I've I've seen or heard of. And so I I'm excited because I know that you guys, from what my conversations with you in the past, I mean, you're meeting with hundreds of people a year on Capitol Hill who want prayer, who mm-hmm. are hoping that their relationship with God will make a difference, that are hoping that God will bring solutions that don't exist yet, you know, on the table. And just to hear that from you, like when I asked you some questions the other day, I was just like, is there hunger there? Is there really hunger? And you're like, there's so much hunger. We can't keep up with it. And to me, hearing that, like as an average person from LA who lives in a very, you know, lockdown city, even in the midst of right post pandemic, it feels so there's feels like there's so much corruption in government, although I appreciate some of the things that I've experienced in in, in California, so many, many things I don't appreciate. So to hear you say there's that much hunger on Capitol mm-hmm. Hill really helped me because you're on, you're, your feet are on the ground. You know, your hands are in the dirt and we don't get to hear that all the time. So I love that you're hosting these kinds of forums that really becomes a, a driving conversation for Christianity to have a different conversation. And what, what maybe some of our local pastors will just speak the rhetoric of whoever they're listening to on media, which isn't always hands on the ground. It's not always personal. It's not always relationship. So thank you for like having so much relationship with so many people in this space. I, I, I want to go because we have a little bit of time. I want to go back into tell us I'm, I'm story based today. I mean, tell us another story of when, <laughs> when you were able to talk, when you were one of your team, your husband, when you guys were able to talk to somebody or pray with somebody where it, it just, it did it change something or it made a difference. Cause you talk about like each congressman, it's like they make decisions that affect millions every day. Like what is one of those opportunities where you saw somebody or you were able to connect with somebody? And of course you can't name them, but tell us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the, another event that we often do is we, we've hosted different kind of these fly-in fellowships. And so uh, I just remember one uh, member of Congress, and this is really geared for a member and his spouse or uh, the other way around, you know, we have a lot of female uh, members as well that just came up this past term. Uh, and so really it's for the member and the spouse in, as they fly into town. But I'll never forget how he came in, uh, just very guarded. And um, as he sat down, I mean, he finally, I think, just got to the point where he couldn't take it anymore. He wanted to know what is the agenda? Why are we here? And what are we after? You know, and so, <laughs> who am I giving so, money to? <laughs> I mean, so really, we're, the whole thing is we're, you know, we're connecting in a um, kind of a kind of a uh, more family type setting, you know, we're having a meal and he's after uh, asking us, you know, and his wife is sitting right next to him. He's like, okay, I really need to know why we are here and what's going on. And I told him, I said, you know what, um, Congressman, but without saying Congressman, I called him by his first name. I said, the whole agenda tonight is for you to love your wife and to spend some quality time with her get connected, you know, with some of the other uh, members and spouses that are here. Um, we'd love to pray for you. And so you're, this is just all about you tonight. That's what it is. And you could see his, his posture just completely changed because he was yeah. like, oh, good. You know, this is a place where I can just relax. And uh, that's really part of the strain is that so many of them are uh, always on and they're pulled in so many different directions, right? The ask is very real. And every person that they meet, they always go, and I want to say that's really like um, 
why a ministry like Alabaster House can come in is because we're operating really in the context of friendship with one another. Mm -hmm. And so where everyone else will come in and say, hey, can you get me this, that, and the other thing? And we need this. And how did you vote on this? And they're really, I also want to explain too, that the fellowships that you and I might take for granted, whether it's church on a Sunday morning, small groups, this type of thing, their schedules are often so busy that they don't have the time for those type of things. And some, even when they do go to a Sunday morning, are, um, you know, they really can't focus on, let's say, worshiping God because someone right next to them is asking them about a particular bill and, and what are they doing about this, that, and the other thing. So I want to say that really uh, a ministry, again, like ours, can really help serve those spiritual needs that they have while they're there on Capitol Hill working through the process. So. Kimberly, I love what you said about uh, friendship. Jesus called us friends, and it's that's what you're doing at the Alabaster House. And I know, I know, putting on uh, these events, especially the Shape the Nations Conference in April, you you don't do it alone. Uh, you have a you have a staff of people that are manning the Alabaster House and allowing this ministry to go. How uh, when did it grow to the size that it is now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think right now we are actually in a point of growth. And so I would say we're we're actually trying to hire some people on and Mm -hmm. we're excited because as I was sharing earlier with Sean, I think most ministries would say or organizations or businesses for that matter would say, okay, we know this is the area that we want to influence, grow, and they might do a capital campaign startup and say, this is how we're going to work in this. But since, you know, I started in the late 90s, already um, in that uh, ministry, uh, we've been kind of just growing again, um, just over the years. So we're coming out of what I would call a volunteer based and even self funded to now we're looking to raise up uh, the infrastructure of the organization of Alabaster House. So your listeners out there might say, wow, I had no idea this is going on. How can it be a part of this? How can I help them be able to say yes to some of these um, invitations that we have? Like every week, they want us to come in, you know, every week for um, what we're calling flying fellowship. And I just thought, oh my gosh, if I'm not careful, this is going to destroy <laughs> like my whole marriage, <laughs> like in the context, because we, um, like my husband's a real foodie, he likes to cook and, and, you know, there's all this activity that's going on. And yet at the same time, uh, we want to be able to focus on those leaders and and to do it in a way, in a way that. Um, so if it's catered, we have people that might want to sponsor these things. This will free us uh, to really build into those relationships and to yeah. do it more effectively. So there's a lot of uh, opportunity to not only grow to, I know you guys have a weekly mailing list where you send out bullet points of what to pray for right now with politicians and with people you're touching, but you also have these events and these retreats and these things, but you also have an opportunity for people to come join in the work of what's going on. And you have people who are love politics, they can't slow down their job to do something about it. They know that God's called them there, but they could also support and become like real members, like real partners to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I think that's so phenomenal because, you know, it's, this is a time where I believe that if we don't have the right people praying and we don't have the right people on the ground doing something, it's the most critical time in modern U S history. We've seen that over and over and over. And so I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful for what you're doing. And I love that you guys are going to kind of 2.0 right now because it gives even our listeners and our viewers a lot of opportunity to engage yeah. in a different way than they would have if they just heard a story, a success story of 20 years from now, but they, they're going to be part of that success story of the now. And I think that how amazing is it that you guys are praying and you guys have prophetic prayer for 
different people. It just comes up where you just, you help them to navigate murky waters with revelation, not with agenda. I mean, that must feel sure. so different for so many people you interact with. So this is phenomenal. So how do people get a hold of it? What's the website for Alabaster House and how do people get a hold of the event? Sure. Uh, alabasterhouse.org is a great place to find us. You'll find just a button on there uh, to register for the Shape the Nations conference. That's something you're going to want to find. And of course, the whole details uh, are up there from, you know, Tuesday, we'll be at Museum of the Bible there. We'll be hearing from uh, Steve Green talk about biblical principles in the marketplace. We'll have a number of incredible uh, ministry opportunities, you know, workshops that are going to be there. Um, anywhere from, you know, Ken Fish, Stacey Campbell, Gerard Long, uh, formerly with Alpha, um, out of London. Uh, so there's just an incredible, uh, I want to say ministry opportunity for people to get involved in that level. Um, Congressman Barry Loudermilk will be talking about biblical values and how does that affect our civic engagement from a biblical perspective. And then the following day, we're going to go in. Uh, well, actually, we have the, gosh, the uh the formal gala at Army Navy Country Club Tuesday night, and that is—I mean, I'm biased, but I'll idea. say that's a beautiful place. That's a beautiful place. Oh my gosh, rooftop reception overlooking the city—it's going to be so fun. And then just hearing some of these stories about, um, you know, how these leaders feel we can work together, uh, build, uh, build something together. Uh, hearing some highlighting God testimonies, that type of thing. So. And then the following day, we'll we'll start at Library of the Co Library of Congress, and they'll have the congressional panel. Really give people uh, information on how they can be praying for our leaders. A real personable, uh, you know, hey, these are some of the struggles that they might face as members, um, and how the church at large can be praying for them. And then closing with those affinity luncheons. So all of that and more um, can be found at alabasterhouse.org, and that's the registration. If you'd like to give right to some of these things, or you'd like to sponsor, maybe you're busy or you can't come. There's an online option there that you can sign up for. There's a one-day pass. We've got a conference bundle and we're having a sale. <laughs> so you might <laughs> want to look that. at that. Um, but our email updates is a great way to connect with us. If you just want to get more information, be invited to future events. Um, again, alabasterhouse.org. You'll find at the bottom of our page just the sign up where you can be a part of really the community. And I would say that would be the first step to trying to figure out how you can help make a difference um, in our nation and bring hope just as we are with the Shape the Nations conference. So thank you so much. Oh, Kimberly, thank you so much for the important work you and the Alabaster House are doing. We're looking forward to the Shape the Nations conference. And if for those of us who can't make it, you have an online experience, which is going to be amazing. Thank, thanks again. Uh, up next, final thoughts with Sean and Bob. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners, and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this, this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. 
you guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bullsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Welcome back to Final Thoughts with Sean and Bob. Bob, I mean, that was incredible to hear Kimberly. And just thinking about like all the options she had, she decided to follow God into Right. influencing leaders this way and praying for leaders and raising up others who would do this and helping the church to connect to the faith that says, you know, we can have a difference and make a difference in this area if we just love and if we just choose to open our hearts to the humanity of these people. And she's seeing a result that we're not all seeing. I was really convicted. I start to think about, yeah. I've listened to different news media lately and how I've just turned people into the enemy. And I, I'm not normally like that, but it's mm-hmm. so volatile right now that I mean, just even hearing Biden's name is hard for me sometimes because I'm so... I so disapprove of so much of his politics. And I had to turn my love back on when I just talked to her a couple of weeks ago. I was like, my love is completely off for the president of the United States. There's like, I'm at an honor all time low in my heart for him. Uh-huh. And I had to like regroup with God and just say, okay, what is my responsibility? And we can't have authority over those we don't love. So I was really challenged with, with Kimberly's whole perspective. I, I loved a lot of things that she said, well, most everything that she said, but what really got to me is how she talked about uh, the the people in Congress and the Senate and the House have families, have children, have yeah. grandchildren, and they have hearts. And we we a lot of times don't think about that because we're only hearing about the issues. We're not hearing about the relationships. And she yeah. helped reframe that to me. And I think I think that was just really amazing. So yeah, she put that humanity, the empathy, the compassion, and the connection back into it. And that's what their ministry does. So I'm so glad we got to hear from her today. Well, thanks for joining us on on uh, C- well, thanks for joining us on CBN News and on our podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.